Hello to everyone. We're thankful for another opportunity to study the Word of God that the Lord has given us. Uh, thankful for the study thus far. Uh, we've been studying Elijah. We're in 1 Kings chapter number 19. Last time we seen him flee in fear and no doubt depression, self-pity from the threat of Jezebel and looked at all of the things that would discourage the man of God and men of God and laborers today, the unbelief and the hardness of man. The hardness of man reaches far beyond what logical thinking would bring. Man will not believe the gospel today, and it's 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 discouraging to man. But know this, preach the word, continue in your labor, and God will call those that he sees fit to call. He'll enlighten those that he sees fit to enlighten, and they'll be saved. Those that God commands the light to shine in darkness, they'll come to the gospel. Those that are blinded by Satan, like Pharaoh and Jezebel and Ahab, they're not going to believe, but the word of God's still going to conquer. So God help us to encourage ourselves in the Lord and thank God that he's there to encourage us and strengthen us when we think we just can't go on any longer, when we say there's no no reason for me to continue on in this labor and in this work, no reason for me to speak the word of God unto this people anymore, God's there to encourage our hearts by the Spirit, strengthen us, and encourage us on down the way. He encouraged Jeremiah. He encouraged Moses. He encouraged Ezekiel. He encouraged Daniel when Daniel was uh, down. He encouraged Peter when Peter denied him three times and Peter's heart was broken and he wept bitterly. When he seen the Lord after his resurrection, the Lord said, Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, feed my lambs. Peter, labor. Preach the word. Thank God that he's loving and he cares for us and he knows us and his desire is to encourage and to strengthen us in the way God help us to be encouraged in his word, in his spirit. So we got down to about verse five. He's fled, he's fled more than a hundred miles away outside of the realm of Ahab and Jezebel. And he's out there and he says, I, I just wish my life would be taken from me. Lord, just kill me and get me on out of the way. I'm done, I'm tired, I'm of no value to anybody. I'm not helping anybody though he was accomplishing the work of God. Now, he's a man of like passions, just like we are. He's thinking exactly like we think. He says, I'm just going to quit because I'm not doing any good. Well, in verse 5, And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then the angel of the Lord touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink, and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time, and touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink, and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights, unto Horeb, the mount of God. So Elijah here in the wilderness, sad, wanting to die, praying to God to take his life. He, he don't want to do this anymore. He wants to quit. And God's going to send him what he needs to strengthen him, help him, 
and encourage him. God knew right where Elijah was hiding, though nobody else did. Remember the first time he hid, he hid where God told him to hide. When, when he first brought the drought and the famine upon the land, God told him to go and hide and told him where to be. This time, Elijah's just running, and he's running with no real plan of where he's going. He's just getting away as far as he can get, and God knows right where he's at. God does not have to go and look and send out a search party to find his men. He didn't have to send a search party for Jonah. He knew exactly where Jonah was out on the sea, and he had a storm prepared, and he had a whale prepared right there where Jonah was. Well, here, Elijah's run and hid. He's sorrowful, and God knows right where he is, and God's going to send help to where Elijah is. He don't say, men, travel to Jerusalem, travel... uh travel out to the east coast or to the west coast or walk up this high mountain and I'll meet with you there and strengthen you. God comes down to where man is. Here's Elijah. Where is he? He's in self-pity, in depression, in doubt, and wanting to quit. God comes right down to where Elijah's at to give him what he needs to journey onward. God's not going to let him quit. God will not let him quit. And a man that can quit, a man that can stay at the house, a man that can run away from the call of God, it was not God that called him to begin with. So much silliness. It, it really, it aggravates me what we hear and what we, what we hear promoted as God and God leading. God ever led you to go sit at the house for a year or two, God ain't going to let Elijah lay out here for three or four years and then bring him back out. No, God's coming to where he's at. God's going to encourage him and strengthen him and send him back on his way. So he was indeed a man like you and I, and he needed the strength and the encouragement and the power of God. In Second Timothy, now Paul's writing to perhaps... One of the dearest men to Paul's hearts here, Timothy, the young preacher, the man that was saved under Paul's preaching, the man that was brought up under his teaching and instruction, he's writing this letter to him at the end of his life to be a help and a benefit to him. And he, he writes this in chapter 2, Thou therefore, my son, be strong. That word means empowered or enabled in the grace of God that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Timothy, don't look to yourself and to your abilities, but look to God and to his strength, and to his grace, it's going to be by that that we make it. Now he's going to tell him in the very next chapter, Timothy, perilous times are coming. Men's going to reject the gospel. They're going to love their own self more than God. They're going to have a form of godliness. And in chapter 4, he's going to tell them that they're not going to endure your preaching. 
They're going to look for teachers with itching ears. They're going to look for somebody to tickle their ears. But Timothy, you be strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and you fight onward through it all. That's the only way that Paul could make it. That's the only way Timothy's going to make it. That's the only way Elijah's going to make it. He's, Elijah's going to stop right here if God doesn't do something. And friends, that's the only way you and I are going to make it is that the grace of God would strengthen us and it's His grace that we look to. It's His power that enables us and empowers us to go onward. And when we would quit and go to the house, the grace of God dares to say, you need to get back on the front line, get back in the battle and labor onward for my glory and for my honor. In Philippians, now Paul the Apostle is going to speak unto the church at Philippi, and this time he's going to tell about his own self and what he's faced and where he's come from and where he's at right now. Philippians 4.11, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. So that learned, it's an interesting word, and you could say it like this, I've found the secret. But now the way it's worded, he didn't always know this. When he was saved, he didn't understand this. But over time, he's learned whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Paul says, I've come to the place now through growth, through experience, through the grace of God working in me, I've learned that whatever state I'm in, to be content with it, knowing that God's the one that's brought me here. If I'm down in Ephesus, and I'm fighting against such great resistance and hatred and warring against me, or if I'm in a great revival and preaching the gospel and people are believing and loving me, whatever state I'm in, I've found to be content because I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Paul's looking to Christ for strength, for leadership, for help, for guidance, for his power to be with him. And Jesus says himself in John chapter 15, verse four, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. So the nutrients, the life that feeds those branches and that allows them to have grapes on them, that vine is the means to get the nutrients and the life to the branch. And if you cut the branch from the vine, the vine's going to live. The branch is going to die. Without the Lord Jesus, we've got no ability, no strength. We've got no power. It's the Lord that we look to for strength and to encouragement and not at the situation round about us. There's time the church is going to get in a low place. There's times that people are going to leave and go somewhere else. There's times that people are not going to hear the gospel. Is that what we look to for strength or encouragement? When that's what we're looking at, we're going to be like Elijah. 
We're going to say, well, it's better for me to go. It's better for me to die than it is to be here. I'm not doing anybody any good. Nobody's believing me. But God's going to teach Elijah, don't look at the situation. Don't look at people round about you. Don't trust in yourself. The journey, as he says here, the journey is too great for thee. You're going to have to trust me, Elijah, and follow me, and I'll be your guide. Without me, you can do nothing, the Lord Jesus says. And certainly, that's the way we are. And as he lay and slept, an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. What a, what a message from God that here's a man now that has run in fear, and you can say in cowardice, from a threat of the devil. He's down there not at God's direction, but at his own direction. God don't wake him up and say, you crazy fool, you uh, uh, you of little faith, you weakling, you little coward, what are you doing down here hiding from the face of the devil? Why aren't you on the front lines? God doesn't say that. God says, Elijah, arise and eat. I've brought you something that'll help you. I've brought you something that'll strengthen you. And now notice, the Bible doesn't say that Elijah built a fire. He, he may have built a fire here and went to sleep, but it could be that God built the fire. And we know this, God baked the cake on the coals and God provided the cruise of water. God brought it right to him and God served him. God gave him what he needed, where he was at, and where he was laying, in his doubt, in his fear, in his self-pity, God came to that place and delivered to him what he needed. Arise and eat. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10, we talked about this a little last time. Paul's thorn in the flesh, and he prays that it might depart. Be a lot better if this thorn in the flesh was gone and I didn't have to put up with this any longer. But God says, my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So God says, Paul, I'm not going to take it away, but I'm going to give you the strength to endure and to go on. God's not going to kill Jezebel. He's not going to get her out of the way. But Elijah, I'm going to strengthen you and give you what you need to go on, to fight on, and to war on. In 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, there is no temptation. That word means putting to proof or a trial. So there's no temptation. There's no trial. There's no putting to proof. It's the picture of taking gold and putting a fire to it to melt it down and get the filth out of it. There's no trial taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted, to be tried or tested. Above that, you're able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape it, that you may be able to bear it. So it looks like, and I realize you hear this a lot, that God's not going to put on you more than you can bear. And if you're not careful in reading it, I see how men come to that conclusion by reading this verse. 
But what he's saying is God's not going to bring you to a place and leave you that you can't get out of. I believe Elijah here. Elijah's in a place that he's had more than he can bear himself. I believe Peter came to a place that he had more than he could bear himself. And certainly, we've been there as well. But he will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able. Now, if God don't make a way to escape, reading this verse the way it's written, if God does not make a way of escape, we wouldn't be able to bear it. But because God makes a way of escape, you may be able to bear it. Elijah's at a place he can't go on. But you know the grace of God's going to come to where he's at, give him what he needs to go onward and to complete the will and the work that God has for him. So God's men must learn that we don't live by bread alone and pray for the grace of God to strengthen their hearts. James, James chapter 1. And, you know, I, I realize people think, well, we're strong enough the way we are. Well, God can turn the fire up and teach us otherwise. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. That's the same word. Trials are putting to proof knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience, cheerful endurance. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, so if we're in a trial, if we're in a place, and we find ourselves lacking, Elijah's in a place of lacking. Well, he says here, let him ask of God that giveth all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him. So when the trial and the fiery trial comes, and we just can't bear it, we're unable to endure it, we're unable to go onward through it, God says, ask of me, and I'll give you the wisdom that you need to go through the trial and endure. God's going to give Elijah the strength to go onward here. He did eat and drink and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. What a, you know, uh, maybe this isn't the correct word 100%, but you talk about a sweet message from God to Elijah. Elijah, you can't do this. The journey's too great for you. That's a lesson that you need to learn, Elijah. Elijah, on your own, you can't do this. You may call fire down on the mountain. You may shut the heavens up and you may bring rain with your prayers. You may be able to raise a widow woman down in Zarephath, but Elijah, don't tr ever trust in yourself. This journey's too hard for you. It's too great for you. You're unable to do this on your own. Arise and eat. Look to me for strength. Look to me for grace. Look to me for help. Let me be your God. Let me be the one you look to and go onward. So he's going to arise. He's going to eat again. In Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, when this time would come to us, what does God say we ought to do? Well, he says in Hebrews run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author 
and finisher of our faith. So when it gets hard, when it gets tough and we don't want to go on and we want to give up, we want to relax, we want to quit, the Word of God says, Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher, who for the joys was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Look unto Jesus, the one that endured, the one that stayed under. Let the Lord Jesus be your encouragement. Let the Lord Jesus be your strength and trust in his power, in his word, and in his gospel. So he arose and did eat and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the mountain of God. So he's going to go another great journey here. And he's going to go 40 days and 40 nights off of the meal that God provided him. So, you know, you think about the, the pictures that we have in the scripture here. Here he's discouraged. You know what he needs? He needs some bread and water from God. When we get discouraged, what do we need? We need bread and water. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. We need strength to go on tomorrow, strength to go to the job tomorrow, strength to face the world tomorrow, strength to face the trial. You know where we're going to find that? In the bread of the Word of God, in the water of the Word of God, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says it was baking on the coals. There was fire there. You know what the fire's a picture of? The Holy Spirit of God. That's why there's a church that's why we've got teachers. That's why we have preachers of the gospel. That's why people testify by the Spirit of God. We're there to exhort one another and to encourage one another daily while it is called today. We're there to be a strength and a help to one another that we might come down to the church house on Wednesday night on Sunday night or on Sunday morning and God have something there for us that could give us strength and encouragement and it's in the word of God. So often man turns to his friends, man turns to the internet, man turns to the library to try to find something to encourage, to help, to give an answer. But in them that are saved and born again, the only real encouragement that we're going to find is in the Word of God, by the Spirit of God. You know where we ought to be Wednesday? We ought to be at the church house. Sunday, we ought to be at the church house. And this having the, the podcast and, and others as well that we're able to listen to and hear the word of God, that's a great advantage. But this is not a replacement for being down at the house of God where the gospel is preached, where the church gathers together, that we might be strengthened in the inward man. And the truth is them that are lost, they need to be down there too because they're not going to be saved outside of the church and outside of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Elijah is going to be strengthened by two meals. And I don't know how much he ate here, but that's not what's important. Two little meals is going to last him 40 days and 40 nights. You know, God could give us something that could strengthen us, that could help us, 
that could give us the ability to face the world, that we could go on the strength of it. I tell you, there's not a loaf of bread in the country that you can eat and go 40 days and nights on the strength of that. But boy, I tell you, there's been things out of the Word of God that's been revealed to my heart that has encouraged and strengthened me and helped me to seek the Lord for another while. God could strengthen us out of His Word. It's to the Word we ought to look. And it's to the word we ought to pray unto God that God would reveal the word and write it upon the tables of our heart. That's what the Lord Jesus was saying when he said pray and pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. God, help me to to see something in thy word that would strengthen and encourage us. And he came thither. This is, we're back in Kings now, chapter 19, verse 9. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And I I don't like getting ahead of myself. But he's going to ask him that here. And if you look over in verse 13, down at the last part, and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? God's still speaking to Elijah. Now he's been encouraged, he's been strengthened, he's traveled back to Mount Horeb now, and he's there, but he's still in a cave. I believe that warfare is still going on in Elijah's heart. He's still in a place of doubt, of fear, really of being down. He's depressed, and he's upset that nobody's hearing Nobody's responding, and nothing is happening. He's done all this work, and nothing has happened. And he's despondent about that. And God strengthened him. God's gave him bread and water, and he's traveled to Mount Horeb, but he's still hiding in a cave. And God comes to him. Now, God's not saying, well, I've done what I can. I'm not going to go any farther. No, God comes to him again at this cave and he says, Elijah, what doest thou here? Elijah, what what are you doing here? Talk to me. Speak to me. Tell me what it is that's on your heart. Does God know what's on his heart? God knows. God knows all things about the man. But God says, would you tell me what you're doing here? What is it that's brought you to this place? What has caused you to doubt What has caused your heart to be so heavy and sorrowful that now you're here in this cave hiding? You know, God is a God that careth for us. We've got scripture that would back that up. In Peter, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now, Elijah is a man in a place of great doubt. He's a man in a place of great fear. He's a man in a place of of depression, of sorrowfulness, of brokenheartedness. All of these emotions and all of these things in his mind and in his heart has got him weighed down and burdened down. And God says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Tell me what's on your heart. God tells us that 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 troubles us, that that's got us in a place of sorrow, that that holds our heart down. Uh, He says, cast all your care upon him, knowing that he careth for you. He wants to hear from his people. Though he knows all things, 
Though he knows our hearts and our minds, he knows the thoughts and intents of man, and he knows them afar off. God wants to hear from us. He wants us to tell him. He wants Elijah here. Elijah, what doest thou here? And he said, now here's Elijah's reply. I believe this is straight out of his heart. This is how Elijah feels right now. I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with a sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Now that's what's on Elijah's heart. I'm very jealous, and I believe he was. I don't believe he's putting on a show. I believe he was upset at how the people had treated God. He was upset at how little that they thought of his word. He was upset at how they had torn down the altars of God, those places that were dedicated for prayer, those places that where they ought to go and seek God, those places where they ought to sacrifice unto God, they had been destroyed and tore down. The devil had seemingly overrun the nation of Israel. They had no respect for the word of God any longer. They had no places to go and seek to pray God. And they had slain all of the prophets. They had sought out and killed the men of God that would stand up against the lies that they had and the lies that they were promoting. And Elijah says, I, even I only, am left. I'm the only one left, God, that's standing for you, and now they're trying to kill me too. What's the point in me going on any farther What's the point in me laboring anymore? I've done all of these mighty works and you've proven yourself and the people are not going to turn to you. Why should I labor any farther? Now that's where Elijah's heart is. Elijah has revealed it. He's let God know this is where I'm at and by that we can see. Now uh, I realize we're not... We've not gone as long as we have, but we don't have time to cover all of these verses that's coming up here, and I'd like to cover them together. So maybe we'll stop right here. God's going to meet with Elijah. God's going to speak to Elijah, and he's going to change Elijah's mind. Thank God that he does that for us as well, not leaving us in these places of sorrow, but encouraging and strengthening us in the Lord. I'm thankful for the opportunity to study today. Hope the word of God has been a help to you. Do pray for us. Uh, We appreciate you taking the time to listen and and giving us of your precious time. It's, uh, It's astounding to me, but I'm thankful for you and hope that you have a wonderful rest of the week in the Lord. We love you.